This is an All Ears English podcast episode 1962, How to Be Successful, Happy, and Present in Business with Executive Coach Eric Holzapple. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection with your American host, Lindsay McMahon and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Do you keep striving for career success, but find that no matter how many income benchmarks you reach, you're never quite happy and present? Today, leadership coach Eric Holzapple shows us the first three pillars of mindful leadership to build a happier career and life. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed. As a business owner myself, I've learned that the most important key to success is having a great team, but it can be time consuming reading through tons of resumes. Need to hire a great candidate at your company? Why not eliminate the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so that you can connect with candidates faster. Just in the minute that I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash A-E-E. Just go to indeed.com slash A-E-E right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash A-E-E. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Eric. I'm very excited to have you on the show. How are you today? You know, I'm doing great, Lindsay. Nice nice to be on with you. Great. It's good to be on with another a fellow Coloradan. Glad to have you here. Guys, on the show today, we have Eric Holzapple. Eric has a PhD in economics and has been a real estate developer, CEO, real estate CEO and developer for nearly 40 years. And it's a hot real estate market in Colorado. So you must have had a lot of <laughs> a lot of work in the last 40 years. Um, well, up, up and down. Yes. Uh, up and down, up and down. <laughs> Absolutely. Eric has also lectured in real estate at Colorado State University for 20 years and has practiced yoga and meditation for 30 years. What's more, Eric has won the Entrepreneur of the Year Award from Colorado State University and BizWest Magazine. You are based right here in Loveland, Colorado. And I also noticed that all three of your adult children are business owners. Is that correct, Eric? You know, it is. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So you must have really instilled in them a sense of entrepreneurship. I don't know if it's that or they just don't want to work for anybody. One of the (laughs) two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited to have you here today, Eric, because I think a lot of our listeners are quite curious about the intersection between leadership, business, and mindfulness. So, and this is your area. This is what you speak about and train on. So, Eric, what is mindfulness? Let's start there. You know, a lot in the business community, 
you know, when I talk about it, they go, oh, that's woo-woo. You sing Kumbaya and hold hands. It's just too soft and, yeah. you yeah. know, slow for business. And I just think that's wrong thinking because uh, mindfulness to me is focus. You know, yes. the ability to be happy and focus and 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 bring home my goals and objectives in mm-hmm. a business context, I, I just see nothing inconsistent with mindfulness and uh and business. I mean, you can take it some other places, but you don't need to. Yes. I love the, that. the book I've written just shows how you can go as deep as you want or really just start with a few basic practices and, and just start to, to uh, bring mindfulness into your life and into your business. Yeah, I love it. And here's a spontaneous question before we get into the meat of today's interview. What would you say? So if mindfulness is focused, what would you say, Eric, is the number one thing that prevents or hinders mindfulness or focus in your mind that you have seen in the corporate and the business world? Well, I mean, just distractions. We're so yeah. distracted and divided and gridlocked, you know, so right. di- di- distracted. Mm. And, and mindfulness is a matter of, you know, putting a stake in the ground and saying, no, my focus belongs to me. Yes, it doesn't, it doesn't belong to anybody else. It doesn't belong to Facebook or media or the government or, yes. or you know, it belongs to me. And it takes some practice. My focus belongs to me. I love that quote. I think that is so important for our listeners all over the world. We are all struggling with this now that the internet has kind of become such a huge part of our lives. We're all in the same reality. So was there a moment when you realized that you wanted to like, how did you discover mindfulness yourself personally, Eric? I'm curious. Well, I was successful early. Okay. Uh, you know, in my 20s, I ran a, a division of a Australian company, real estate. I'm a real estate developer, ran their U.S. operations and was CEO in my 20s. Yeah. And wow. in, in early at 30, I, I uh, you know, I just wasn't happy. I had all the trappings of success. You know, I had the uh, the, the apartment on the bay and I had the, the uh, Mercedes and I had mm-hmm. the title and the six-figure salary. But I was miserable. You know, I, inside, I was overweight. I wasn't exercising. Yeah. I uh, drank too much mm-hmm. and, and I was single. And okay. so I just had a epiphany moment and I just said, you know what, you got to make some changes or you're not going to be around very long. Yeah. So I did that. I lost some weight. You know, I did. I left that job. I started, I decided I was going to go back and get my doctorate. And my first entry into mindfulness was I stumbled on yoga. Okay. And I was an athlete and it just like I had been, I had been uh, separated from my body. Yeah. And I got back into my body and it was a game changer. And then my older brother was kind of estranged from my dad. And I watched him repair that relationship through meditation. He introduced it to me. Beautiful. So I started as a closet meditator for years (laughs) and it just changed my whole life. Amazing. I love it. I love that kind of story. And we know our listeners know our listeners have reached a certain level of success in business, many of them, but they're probably finding the same thing that that only goes so far in terms of your happiness, or it could create the opposite feeling unhappiness if we don't tend to being present and being happy in life. So let's get into it then, Eric. I know that you have published a book about the 12 about mindfulness and business, right? Presence and leadership. But could you let us know what the 12 pillars of mindful leadership are maybe you want to run through the just tell us the 12 real quick and then we could focus on the first three if you want um you know i can i can even summarize them a little better so the book is profit with presence the 12 pillars of mindful leadership and the first pillar is is uh you know be present and practice mindfulness 
Okay. The second pillar is find your purpose in life. Mm, uh, the okay. third pillar is uh, vision, commitment, intention, and habits. Okay. And then it starts, the, the, the remaining pillars are all about mindset. Be, do, have, how to have a way of being. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then how to, how, to, how to listen, how to be grateful, how, okay. to, you know, how to have non-judgment. So the other pillars really fit within those, those uh, in, in the mindset category. Mindset. Okay. So I like the first three in terms of what we could focus on in today's episode. Could you give us some very actionable steps we can take, very specific things we can do within these first three? Maybe we'll start out with yeah. just mindfulness. What can our listeners do if they're at a high level in business, but something is missing or they know they could even perform better if they had something more like that sense of focus. You know, I always tell people if there's just one thing and you want to get started, number one is to start practicing gratitude. It just changes your whole mindset and gives you a little bit of a, ah, you know, a little bit of a space. And then, then when you have that within that is just start picking an intention and a few small things like paying attention to your breath, taking a mindful walk, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the intention to just be more mindful. Okay. I mean, okay. You, in meditation can really be helpful for busy professionals that, that don't have a lot of time in nature and whatnot. And if you do that, just do two minutes to start. Just start small, start, and then be consistent as you can. People yeah. oftentimes just start too much. Right, right, it's right. Not, you don't have the time and it's not sustainable. And, and plus, it's just if you practice a little bit when the mind calms down yeah. and you get more efficient, you have more time and you want to do more. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you're right, Eric, they think, oh, I have to be sitting on top of a mountain somewhere or be in a cave to actually start this. But, you know, a lot of our listeners live in massive world capitals, right? We know that you guys don't necessarily have access to nature every day and that's okay, right? But we can do something simple by how would you, how do you practice gratitude? Do you write that in a journal, the things you're grateful for? Okay. That's what I do. I write in a journal three things every day and then why? Okay. Now there's other ways you could do it just verbally, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like when I'm writing, I'm also saying it to myself. So I get like a double dose, I but love it's just, that. there's even an after, there's an after effect. It, yes. When you're gratitude, you start seeing things to be grateful for and happy. The same thing. If you leave your house angry, everything makes you angry. You right. Know, I pulled it's... out in front of you, you know, you didn't have time at the gas station, whatever it yes. is, your whole day goes that way. So it just starting you out on a, on a different track. It's so true. And, you know, a few years ago, I was keeping a gratitude journal myself. And it is so it absolutely works. It does something with your brain. So we're kind of re-encoding our brains in a way, aren't we, Eric, here? You know, we're changing the way that the the neurons fire and the idea of the double, what did you say, like the double hit kind of by... Yeah, when you're writing and or, you know, listening and you're saying it to yourself, you get a double hit. But we're such habitual creatures. Right. And we we need the habits that are consistent with what our vision is. You know, here's a vision. Here's what I want in my life. But if my commitments and my habits aren't lined up, they're really hard to keep, you know, but I want my habits to line up my commitments. So I need to, I need to really focus on what my vision is. What am I committed to? And then I need to be intentional about, okay, I need to have the habits because studies show like 95% of the time, we're just doing the next thing. Right. We're just habitual. Right. So, That's okay if my habits are good, but if my habits are more sabotaging, 
Yes. Then I wonder, you know, why am I always stabbing myself, you know, stubbing my toe? Well, because my habits are not in aligned with what I really want to do. Oh man, this is really inspiring me to restart my gratitude journal. I Let's fell off it. somehow, but I could truly feel the difference. So our listeners, guys, if you are skeptical about this, try it out. Try it for, what would you say, Eric, maybe a month to start a gratitude? When, when do you start feeling, sure. I think it's sooner than a month that you actually feel I, the results. I, I feel the result day one. Day it's one. It's been a long time for me, but I mean, we're running <laughs> an eight-week uh, corporate mindfulness program right now. And in the first week, I know people noticed a difference. Right Incredible. Away incredible with, it, with that okay you know, so give it we'll say a week all right I, I would say a week yeah give it a week and you know come you know let us know in our channels here for allers english how it goes i am very sure you guys are going to feel the difference so that is the first pillar of mindful leadership is mindfulness what would be the second one again remind us that second pillar. identify your purpose in life yes. just uh you know i find people they they when they don't have motivation or they say their workforce doesn't have motivation it's just a good time to check your purpose because if i'm if i'm living my purpose i know what my purpose is and i'm living it mm -hmm. i pop out of bed mm -hmm. i'm ready to go you know it's yeah. not work yeah it's yes. it's a calling it's not work so, so and that and that's what i want you know i want to be called to the action not not to be forced into then i have this to-do list i gotta do today you know right there has to be something more to life, yes, right? Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And yeah. what would you say is your purpose exactly? How would you put that into words? Just for an example for our well, listeners. So my main purpose is to wake every day and, you know, just experience my presence and my consciousness to realize I'm a human, you know, with a spirit and a body. Mm -hmm. And that's my first step. And then I say, okay, now what am I doing? For me, my purpose now is to, is to practice mindfulness and deliver to the business community and try to change that conversation. Yeah, it's my I want to be present in whatever I'm doing. If it's if it's, right. you know, with my kids and I want to be present, if it's with a client, I want to be present. And okay. whenever I show up with presence, I show up in a very impactful and persuasive way. And I'm mm. a leader in presence. But okay. if I'm if I'm not present and I'm not I'm disconnected from what I'm doing, I don't find I'm nearly as effective. Right. Right. I love it. So there's there's a literal thing that you're doing. Right. And then there's also the the top layer that goes across everything, which is that mindfulness, that presence. Is that right? Eric? Yeah, that's okay. right. And some things, if I'm doing something out of alignment with myself, then it's harder to be present. But if I'm really doing something that I'm aligned with, with my vision and my goals and who I am and my morals, then, you know, presence shows up easily. Mm. So so that's that's part of it, too. I love it. What are some things that our listeners can do to dig into this? Because it's a big question. I think we can get a little stressed out when we think, what is my purpose? Are there certain assessments that you would recommend? Or how do we go about finding it? I know what mine is. It is to help people connect through English language, human connection, not getting stuck in perfection. I'm very clear about that for myself. But I think our listeners, some of them would like to dive into this and figure out what it is for them. Well, the reason that it's the second pillar 
I, at first, when I first did this, yeah. it was the first pillar years okay. ago. And after uh -huh. several workshops and, you know, things that we run through is that it's much easier to find it with mindfulness because mm -hmm. the first thing we do with mindfulness is like clear out the trunk. Yeah. You know, we let a lot of stuff. We just realize that most of us, the purpose has come from culture or our parents or our schools mm. or the government. It's all purpose is to make things and consume things, you know, buying and selling. Interesting. Interesting. And so it's almost like insatiable that I just have to keep doing that. So I say, break that down. You know, you may adopt your family's purpose or your society, but, but sure. adopt it formally. Say, so, yeah, that is really what I want. But mm. most of the time I find, you know, purpose is more in like to be happy yes. and we want things to be happy. And we get on this treadmill and then we meet our goals and we just move the goalposts and say, no, I need the bigger house. Yes. I got to go to, I got to have the international vacation. I got to have, I got to fly private. Yeah. You know, it just right. keeps right. changing. <laughs> sure. And sure. it's like, we can't ever get there. So I say, no, it's got to be something. It's got to be my own and I got to keep track of myself that I'm not just constantly wanting more and more and more. Okay. So then leading into the next piece, which you said is vision. Is that right? How does that lead into vision? Is Yeah. How is it different? Yeah. yeah. Well, from clarity, which we get from mindfulness and purpose, I set a vision for my life. What do I really want? Mm -hmm. Not society's vision for me, which is, you know, go to all the right schools, get the right. big job, work 90 hours a week, you know the right. house on the coast, but what do I really want? What's my vision? And what are my ways of being in that vision? Mm -hmm. And then incorporating that and then say, okay, but I need that way of being now. Mm -hmm. I need studies show, you know, if I'm happy, I'm going to perform better. Yes. But society's taught us we can't be happy until we've checked off everything on the list. Mm -hmm. And then we keep adding to the list. So I say, no, we got to get it that straight. So we want to get our vision, but then we want to work on that that vision's already complete and be happy. And then I find those things just happen, you know, yes. in that mindset and a happy, satisfied, set, uh, successful mindset. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of unstoppable. Mm, I love that. Giving ourselves to be happy and present before we reach those benchmarks or that amount of money. Because who knows, we may never get there and it really doesn't exactly. matter, right? Yes, but it, exactly. it, this is- We so lose good. sight of it. We lose sight of That's why we want the things to be mm. happy. It's the so things true. end up, the things end up being what we're chasing instead of the feeling that, yeah. you know, yeah. that we want them to get. And that we just can't keep up with the Joneses. There's too many Joneses out there. There are too many Joneses. And that is a really good <laughs> idiom, keeping up with the Joneses. I'm sure we've done an episode on the podcast. So- so to finish up today, I mean, what would you say if our listeners, you know, they're going after this, they want to try to implement these pillars of mindful leadership, but they they hit up against reality, right? Culture or family, uh, family expectations, which I know can be huge around the world, right? Your parents expect you to become a doctor or a surgeon. Is there some kind of phrase they can say to themselves, something they can keep in mind as they follow this path? Is there anything that they can kind of just remember as a piece of advice? Oh, gosh. I, I guess just to be present, you know, just yeah. keep letting those things go and come back to the present moment, which is most easily, you know, just with the breath is just be with the breath, maybe close your eyes, listen to your breathing for a few minutes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. take a walk in nature, take a walk around, those kind of things, anything that you can do to make you present in the right. here and now. Most of us have something. My wife, it's painting. With me, it's snow skiing. 
Yeah. You know, find those kind of things too, that a lot of times we just haven't had the time. Oh yeah. I remember fly fishing. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's been 20 years, you know, and it was the one thing, or I find people in our program that, you know, haven't played music since high school and they started up again. They go, Oh, that was the thing. Right. It's like, come back to play, slow down. What, where are you present? What do you do, you know, when you, when you're really present? And then when we have that, my goal is to bring that to work. I love to work. I love and it. And I get that feeling at work because yes. that's where I spend most of my time. You know, right. if I got to be, you know, all panicked and stressed out there so I can have 10 minutes at the end of the day, I don't think that's much of a life. Yeah. So you're saying that that becomes kind of a North Star that we're looking for. We know what that feels like when we're out exactly. skiing or where we're playing the guitar. Then that should be what we're looking for at work. Right. And when I don't have that feeling, go, you know, we all have to do some things we don't want to do. So sure, I'm not sure, talking sure. about, you know, yep. pie in the sky. But generally, can I get those feelings and what are the activities and start noticing and maybe offload some of the ones that are particularly troubling? I say for executives, one question is, ask yourself, what can only I do? Mm. You know, what, what only can I do? Make yourself some space so that you're available to be present for the people that you're with. It's a great question. Maybe we'll have to have you on another day to, to explore that question. Love you know, to. for executives, what is the only thing that only I can do and how do we build our career around that? So we have to jump off the mic for today. But Eric, can you tell us where our listeners can find you online and tell us a little bit about your new book that's coming yeah. out soon? Yeah. So we have a website, livinginthegap.org, spelled out, Living in the Gap. All of our programs, Mindful Leadership, right now, as I said, we're running an eight-week corporate mindfulness program. There's free resources on 21 day mindfulness 10 minutes a day those mm -hmm. kind of things there the newsletter okay. and then the book coming out profit with presence is available for pre-sale on amazon launching march 7th okay uh get a copy get started yes. and and hopefully it's a book where you know you can go as deep or just start as little bit as you want but there's a lot there when, when you're ready for it yeah and it's, a it's a resource book and it shows you that you know the choice between mindfulness or profit is, is a false choice. You can have both. I love it. So you can good. Do both. I love it. We can have a successful career, do as well as we want to financially and be mindful, happy and present. So good. It's a, it's a book that says, you know, capitalism, the greatest system in the world, and this is how it can work for everybody. Love it. So good. So Eric, can you repeat that URL? So our listeners know exactly yeah. where you are. Mm -hmm. livinginthegap.org it's a 501c3 it's livinginthegap spelled out dot org dot org all right well i want to thank you so much for coming on the show today eric i've enjoyed our chat and i love that we connected over you know we're both both based here in colorado yeah, and great yeah. the mindfulness experience so thanks for coming on i appreciate it and i hope to have thank you on you. again soon thank you Lindsay. take care bye Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.